Hey, Dad, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? If this is what you hear on a five-minute ride to the grocery store, then this is the podcast for you. Podcasting is our anti-drug, and after listening to us, you might need an anti-drug. Hello, and welcome to Bad to the Dad, the podcast that celebrates suburban dad life. The guy to the right of me, sitting over there, his name is Coach Randy. The guy sitting here and speaking, well, that's me. That's Coach. And I am Adam D. That's Adam D. So, Coach. Adam D. Welcome back to another episode, and welcome listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast that celebrates Suburban dad life. We are we are a dozen in now. A dozen, 12, 12, 12 fine 12, episodes. Twelve fine episodes. Each one very very unique. Each one a standalone. And I think each one we heat we we reach new heights. Mm-hmm. New heights. I'm not sure far high we're going to be climbing, but it seems to be making a, a difference. I was listening, Randy, but I couldn't help but notice your mug. Yeah, it says best dad ever. It does say that. Now I too have received a best dad ever mug. So. Yes. It seems like there's a, a dispute well, now on who the best dad is. I mean, you have one, is, I have one. I'm sure other dads have but, a best dad ever mug. But you have the number one dad pyramid and the number one dad trophy. I do have a number one dad trophy. I have not received the pyramid. I do have the free football phone that came with the Sports Illustrated subscription back in 1987. But I don't have the pyramid trophy that says number one dad. You do. So this could be illegitimate awards receiving the number one dad. So if you're the number one dad and I'm the number one dad, then does that make us both the number one dad together? So is it like the Masters where you can have a tie up top and then we have to have a playoff I think we're going to have to have some kind of runoff. Well, the only way to do that is to see what number one dad tchotchkes are available at the school store (laughs) around Father's Day. For some reason, around the middle of June, this is when I, I received my number one dad tchotchkes. The, the, smart, the smart schools know. <laughs> Tell the kids to give them some money. They come in and they... Number one dad. Wad full of singles. Here we go. I got to get something for dad. Well, I, number one dad pen. Number one dad mug. Yeah. Number one dad... That's funny. If you think about it, you know, like these contests. You know, if we had a number one dad contest, what would, what would be the criteria? How would we select the, uh, the, partic- the contestants? And what would be the... Uh, well, the- Right now, it's if your son or daughter has $4 yes. <laughs> in their piggy bank and can make it to the so, school store. So it goes back to affluence again. It yeah. goes back to if you have money. A spare change. <laughs> so, you, so you would actually have to fix. Can you imagine having a, a movie? This is actually a good idea about there's some kind of contest about having the number one dad and someone tries to get to fix it on it because they want to be mm-hmm. the number one dad. That could be funny uh, because I want that. I, I love being number one dad. Yeah. I'm definitely number one dad to my kids, but I realize, in all seriousness, that there are dads out there who make extreme sacrifices. They're in the military, uh, they have kids with illnesses, and they are just giving all of their time, their energy, and their passion to their kids in order for their, their children to have the best life possible, in spite of insurmountable circumstances. So I guess what you're saying is the truth be told, that because... You're a number one dad, and I'm a number one. That's what our kids see in us. Yes. But you know what I noticed? Because, you know, I have some older kids. I don't get number one dad trophies anymore for my older kids. No. They just stop coming. And you get socks? Uh, I am lucky if I get a text. 
<laughs> and the text is not number one dad. No, it, the uh, text is send money. In some situations, you know, I, I need some food, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so uh, I guess in that situation, they're saying, hey, dad, you're number one. And can I have some money? <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we sidetrack, of course, uh, on our show. But uh, uh, today we have a, uh, uh, a very exciting episode. April showers bring dad flowers. Br- brilliant. Okay. Very yes. very timely. Yes. Seasonal. April showers mm-hmm. bring dads. We'll say April showers bring dads. It's a, it's a great theme. Great theme. Uh, our, our guest is a pretty cool guest. Yes. Mr. Steve Jacobs. Looking forward to talking to him about being a dad. He's got a lot of different things going on. Mm-hmm. He is sort of like the number one road trip dad. Ooh, I know. He's, we talked about that. That yep. was a lot of fun. And he has this great hobby of collecting old computers. You know, you have a lot of dads who collect stuff. You got stamp collectors and baseball card collectors and people who collect movie posters. Mm-hmm. He collects old, uh, out of commission computer gear. And I think he refurbishes them, but we'll we'll find that out when we speak to him. That's like the guy that goes out and buys a you know a nineteen seventy seventy two Mercury Comet and decides to refurbish it and build it back up. So that could be a classic. That is a tough hobby. On mm-hmm. the way over here to the studio basement, yeah. there was a guy with a circa uh, mid-1960s Jaguar yes. who was stalled in the right lane. <laughs> and the only thing he was doing yes. was taking his left arm and saying, go around me. <laughs> go around me. Go around me. Go around me. Expensive hobby. But hey, if you can do it and you love cars, go do it. Listen, to, to each his or her own. And I think dads need those kind of hobbies. Absolutely. I think it kind of ties them back into their youth. You are so right. And, you know, no job is perfect. Mm -hmm. And we realize that's where you spend most of your waking hours. And you might love your job, but there's still some things you don't like about it. And some of us just have crummy jobs. Not me, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm sure there are people Mm -hmm. out there who just don't like their jobs. Yeah. So you have family, and yeah. that's like a second job. Mm-hmm. But dads need to find that other thing. That other they piece. need to have that other thing to give them fulfillment. And for some, it's fishing and golf and working on cars. For mm-hmm. others, it's you know collecting uh, in televisions and ColecoVisions. And old uh, computer systems. That's, that's what I'm going for. That's what you're yeah. going for. I mean, if you, if you could be like that kind of hobby, if you could have any kind of hobby as a dad... What, what would you want it to I be? Think, I think we're doing it. We've got a radio show. <laughs> For me, I feel I feel very fulfilled. And you know I do stand-up <laughs> yes, comedy, too, do. on the you side. Do. Yes. And uh, and I really enjoy that. <laughs> that's funny. But for me, that that's For the podcast. Yeah, no, and, I got you. But, but know, I, I guess I shoot more for, like, fishing, going on trips, you know, different different things that... Uh, but that's not a constant. I'm not yeah. doing that every week. Well, that's, that's something, like, like, I'm not a big golfer. Like, there's there's yeah. dads that, like, uh, they, they, they golf. Yeah. You know, that shit is their thing, and they go out, whatever it is, and that's their hobby, that's their thing. I don't play golf. You know, I, I spend a lot of time with my family, but I guess, you know what? This has become, this has filled that void in my life. This is that other thing. This is that other thing. And I, I'm so glad I can share it with you, Coach. Do we have to do some TCBing, some taking care of business? We do have, and I was going to throw this thing out there because for those of you who are interested, we have a sponsor. We do indeed. Her name is uh, Berman Brandy. Becky Berman. It's not Brandy. Oh, I'd love some Berman it's not, Brandy. It's not Berman Becky, Brandy. if you're listening, get get on the liquor shtick. It's because not. <laughs> we'd love to have you as a sponsor. Berman Branding at BermanCS.com. Uh, she's done our uh, our logo, does a lot of graphic design, websites, uh, marketing. And frankly, I think she needs some business. I think she'd go out there and say, listen, uh, if you are in any kind of industry, even if your own personal stuff, if you're thinking about doing some certain things, contact her, reach out to her, because I think she can be very helpful to many people, if you even, a if you're, even if you're in a non-profit or, or volunteer 
kind of capacity and you need a design for your flyers, she does some really remarkable stuff. And that's important too. So uh, we often think of the current vendors we have. So if anything, make her add a plus one. So we're going to ask our current ones, plus we're going to ask Becky. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. Berman Branding. So it's the end of the hockey season, right? Is it? Yeah, see, that's the thing. You know, <laughs> hockey is out of the four sports. It's sort of like the bastard stepchild. Yes, I, I just don't. And, and you know, people who are really into Actually, hockey. Actually, a funny story about hockey. It, well, yeah. let's both tell our stories about hockey. I'll go first. Please. If you live in the New York area, mm-hmm. you're probably a pretty hop, happy hockey fan for a few different reasons. So Please tell. The, the Islanders okay. are uh, back in the playoffs, and mm. they've got, as of this recording, a 2-0 lead over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Two games. To, to, to nil. Okay. Two games to nil, and okay. it's a seven-game series, I think. That's, <laughs> that's how into it I am. <laughs> and then the New Jersey Devils won the draft lottery. So you got to be good because they came in last. They were so bad. Well, they were one of the the most one terrible of the worst teams. teams. So one of the worst. There was some sort of anti tanking rule, but they got they got the uh, the number one pick in this upcoming draft. So they'll likely take this kid Jack Hughes, who mm-hmm. could be the next Cindy Cro- Sydney Cindy Sydney Sydney Crosby could be the next Sydney Crosby. I thought you were going with Cindy Lopper. I was hoping yeah. for that one. Well, if you can get Cindy Lopper and Sydney Crosby <laughs> in the same hockey player, wow! What, what a, a dynamic <laughs> player that would be. <laughs> can see the national anthem. Let's get the ice. <laughs> Because centers just want to have fun. <laughs> oh, dude! Yeah. That came to me. I don't, I'll give it a B+. All right. And then the New York Rangers yes. got the number two pick. Mm. So they'll either... They all said a lousy season. All right. So they all yeah, said a lousy season. They did. So depending on what the Devils do, they'll either go with um, uh, Jack Hughes or this guy from Finland named uh, uh, Capo. K- yeah. Kano Capo or something like that. It's, it's a fun name to say. I don't know mm-hmm. much about him. Yeah. I would probably call myself a more than casual hockey fan. All right. I follow it. Mm-hmm. Do I go to every game? No. Do I go to a few Devils games a but year? You, but you know what offsides means, right? I do. Uh-huh. I do. Yeah. And, and, and you got to get everyone back into the yeah. neutral zone yeah. because you can't go and cherry pick the puck in, yes. the, in the offensive zone. And, and I, do li- I do like our Devils because the New Jersey Devils are the only professional team from New Jersey left. You know, the Nets went to Brooklyn. Yeah, I know. I got you. And the Devils are the only professional team representing think, the state. But do you think devil worshippers and people who really go into devil are offended by the fact that they have a mascot with a devil? No, I, I think they're that get offensive. It. No, the, the New Jersey devil goes back to our folklore. Oh. So I'm going to I'm gonna do some schooling here. You know, there was, some drops this, of knowledge. there was this beast that, you know, I'm sure some people who were smoking something they shouldn't, they thought they saw... Like a kangaroo with wings, or or a deer that just jumped out, and, and they thought it was a monster, and all of a sudden we have this legend called the New Jersey Devil. Ah. And people claim that they've seen it down in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. If you've been in the Pine Barrens and met a few of the pine people, folks, then maybe the pine folks, it all it all comes together. I'm, I'm <laughs> not I'm not trying to be offensive, but not, but I am. Uh, so. So the uh, so I have a little hockey story. It's a father son yeah. hockey story. All right, good. Uh, this is all my my preface into yeah. you know talking about hockey. So a little more than a casual fan, like I say, I go to a couple games a year. And uh, I was at a game not too long ago with Aiden. Yes. And we're sitting in the the mezzanine section, so it's around one thirteen. So not quite the lower bowl, yeah. but not up in the nosebleeds. Okay. All right. So lower bowl, I will assume as meaning the ice. Well, it is the section that is adjacent okay. to the ice, okay, gotcha. right? The right. lower section. Go to show you what I know about that. Those are re- those are really good seats. Gotcha. We okay. had good seats. Yeah. A great vantage point to see a hockey game is is that second tier, the mezzanine. And we're sitting there just watching the game, minding their own business. And all of a sudden, I feel something fall on top of me. And when you're at uh, a game of any kind, you feel something 
fall on top of you, you think you're getting attacked. Yes. So immediately the fists go up, and I turn around, and I'm like, what just <laughs> Yes, yes, I can imagine. What's going on here? Exactly. Put him up. Put him up. Put him up. Little Mr. Uh, lion Man full yes, of courage. Yes, the cowardly lion. So, and I want to make sure that Aiden wasn't getting hurt yes. either. He was sitting to the right of me. Turns out a guy fell on top of me. A guy. A guy. A guy in the row behind me fell on top of me. And, Did you, you know, af- after reacting with my fists, I saw that he was falling and I just put my hands out. You caught to, him. To You're a hero. Him. Well, see, let's talk about that. So I, I caught him, made sure he didn't fall further, and I'm I'm not a physician by any means, but I you know, but you have worked in you have in worked in medical so medical products. I know, I know enough to be helpful. Yes, and I uh, was checking him for for bruises. Yeah. And I said, "Are you okay? Do you, do you want ice or anything?" He goes, "I'll think no. ice." But but then all of a sudden it became an "I love you, man" moment. Oh no! <laughs> it was, "Thanks, man, you saved my life." I'm like, "It's really okay. <laughs> you, you fell on top of me." It's not like I was out there with a the trampoline. I got you, man. I got you. You're going to be okay. He's like, no. Yes. You you saved my life. I said, you fell on top of me. I caught you. I said, chances are, you know, we're in section 113, yes. row 15. I have to imagine by row 10, somebody would have caught you eventually, as we're rolling down. Eventually, someone would have found you. If if not, maybe, maybe somebody in section 13 down below would have, would have seen you going, falling. Kept going. Fallen man. Yeah, like, fallen when you, man. like when you see that person fall down yes. the stairs and you do nothing except... And your head just started... That dude is in bad shape. He's like, no, you saved my life. Is there anything I can do? I'm like, really? I'm just glad that you're okay. I'm sure he was a little bit inebriated. Just a little. So this was good because I got... Was there any beverage in his hand as it came He didn't have any beverage in his hand, so he was probably pre-game. Yes. And this was good because I got that... Uh, extra life lesson for free with Aiden about the dangers of, of over-drinking, especially in sporting events. You know, son. See this guy? Don't be this Don't guy. Don't be this guy. It's like Animal House. Exactly. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. And he probably so, was fat, drunk, and stupid. Well, he, wasn't, he wasn't fat, because if he was, I, I probably would have been in a neck brace because of the way he fell on me. Yes. So he goes, no, you saved my life, and I appreciate it. Is there anything I can do? And, and I said, no, there's really nothing you could do. Just enjoy the game, and, and ha- I'm just glad you're okay. Mm-hmm. So about 20 minutes later, yeah. he comes by, mm-hmm. and he gives me a, a beer. Oh. Now, have you ever seen a beer for $25 yeah. <laughs> at an arena? It's a, a small No, event. it's like a mortar shell. Oh, no, it's a big beer. Yes. Now, I try not to drink. Mm-hmm. When it's just me and one of the kids yeah. at at a game. Well, because eventually you have to drive home. You have to drive home, patchy. and it's such a responsible father. Yeah, what a great bad to the dad moment. Like, you know, do I really need to be drinking a beer with my son? It's it's not like we're drinking together. He's ten. He's ten, <laughs> and no one else around. We're not there with other friends. Yes. It's just the two of us. Yes. So I don't know. It's sort of an unwritten code that I have. And uh, I said thank you. I, you know, it wasn't necessary that you gave me. Did, the you, beer. did you take the beer? I took the beer because it was a courtesy. You feel obligated. Okay. Yes. And he might have thrown it at you if you're not taking the beer. Well, that's said, it. Dude, I, I told you, you saved my life. And that kept going. Yes. He's like, did. if it wasn't for you, <laughs> I could have been on the ice. I said, let's not get crazy. <laughs> the second man. He's like, so this is the least I can do. Yeah. Uh, I said, okay, thank you very much. Because there comes a point where you, you go back and forth. You're not even enjoying the game anymore. Yeah. You're just debating exactly. whether or not you, you saved this guy's life. So I, I took the beer. And Aiden goes, Dad, are you going to drink that? I go, you know, maybe I'll just take a few sips. So he's, he's watching. He, he's watching. He's watching. This guy's watching. He's, he's watching. watching. He's watching me. He's watching. Because clearly I'm his hero. Yeah, absolutely. You better drink that beer. Yeah. You better drink that beer. 
So so I take a few sips and then I put it under me. And then I hear him whispering like a, a period later, dude, he's not even drinking the, the beer. beer. <laughs> I didn't even ask for it. Nice Don't give me anything. We're going to fight this dance. Because, hey, I told you to save my life, all right? I bought you a beer. So this is what I get for saving the guy's life. I get the guilt Absolutely. of not drinking the beer that I didn't even ask for in the first place. That's why I just say thank you, just pound the beer. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was no pounding. Yeah. Because I still have my, my code, my unwritten code. Well, of course, but he doesn't know about the code. On the way out, I asked Dean, do you really think I saved that guy's life? He goes, no, Dad, the guy fell on top of you. <laughs> he slipped. He was probably drinking too much. He fell on top of you. Life lesson. I was just in the way. And your son made you proud in that moment because he, he learned the lesson. Well, there were a lot of different lessons going on, apparently. <laughs> Bottom line is if somebody falls on you, just get out of the way just and let them go. Let them go. That way you avoid any possible repercussions of uh, awkward moments of gratitude. That is, a, that is a funny hockey story. Did they win? No, no. They got uh, hammered. They were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs with um, this uh, guy Tavares. You know, John Tavares. He used to be on the Islanders. All the Islander fans burned his jersey because... He thought they uh, they did him wrong, but all the guy wanted to do was play back in his hometown. You Can't know, say no that story. Hockey fans are a, a fickle a fickle bunch. <laughs> they are. I got to tell you, hockey parents are even worse. Yeah, uh, we've had one or two. Parents, on. Hockey parents are, 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 are we like to say nuck and futs, man. Mm-hmm. Just crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, which you know ties into my story as a as a dad moment. Uh, when I speak, I love when I'm talking to parents. I always end with this hockey hockey story. Um, I. Grew up in Colorado, but hockey wasn't a thing. We had the Colorado Avalanche, but hockey wasn't my thing. It was about baseball and basketball. And uh, and even then, you didn't have the Rockies. No, so the Rockies weren't even there. We had the Denver Zephyrs and the Denver Bears. Oh, minor league ball. Yeah, yeah. So, we, so I didn't grow up with hockey. Uh, and I moved out to New Jersey, and my son was eight. Uh, and his best friend, Sion, played hockey. Mm. Uh, Dad played hockey. You know, the Aronofs. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody played hockey, and Sion played hockey. And so my son decided that since his best friend was playing hockey, that he wanted to play hockey, too. Uh-huh. So, uh, over uh, Hanukkah, uh, his uncles buy him skates. Mm-hmm. And so then... Thank you for throwing that ethnic hach <laughs> in there. As if other listeners don't know what Hanukkah is, you have to, like, drop the hach. Exactly. All right. So, so. I don't want to slow your roll. Go no, ahead. No. no, it's just, again, great, great uh, acknowledgement. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I've been mm-hmm. working on my hachen. Yeah. Uh, and so... He decides he wants to, to play hockey, so he gets the, the, the skates, and then you know we take him to, to I don't know, if we're Sports Authority back then, or Models or, or Dick's, and we get him the rest of the hockey gear. Uh, but first of all, I'm really nervous about kids playing hockey, mm-hmm. much like, you know, football, you know, there's concussions, and I don't see a bunch of eight-year-olds wanting to get, you know, checked up against the, you know, the, the board, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm assured there's no checking of eight-year-olds in uh-huh. hockey. Yeah. And that not touring, and so we have an arena over here called Floyd Arena, and I reach out to say my son wants to play hockey, he's a beginner, whatever it is, they say yes, uh, we have a hockey league that's every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> that's how hockey works. And I said... Uh, Never happens at noon. Well, I said 7 a.m., she goes, yes, it's a program at 7 a.m., mm. and so I had to contemplate just about how much I love my kid <laughs> to get him to a hockey experience at 7 a.m., on a Sunday. So what did I do? I agreed. Uh, the first day of practice, you know, he's got the full gear. Uh, he goes into the locker room where the ice rink is. 
I don't know. Have you ever been into a hockey room, like locker room place? Yes. The smell is enough to knock you out. Oh, your it, it, it's vulgar. Yeah. It, it, and it, it doesn't just kind of, it's it like, it like wafts. No, it's right? it's chemical warfare is what it is. How, why, how the Department of Defense has not bottled that up. <laughs> I got to tell you. And I'm like, okay, I'm a guy, you know, locker room, I can handle it. Yeah. Uh, so Alex goes in there and he gets his gear on. A little eight-year-old kid. I'm trying to, we're putting everything on. It's this big on him too. And he's got the jersey. And you kind of walk out, and you know, there's like there's the, the floors are all made like this rubber things. He comes out, and he's like, "Dad, I'm a hockey man. Dad, I'm a hockey man." I'm like, "Yeah, Alex, you're a hockey man. I'm so proud of you. It's so exciting." And I got a little bit early because I wasn't quite sure what to expect. And then at uh, seven o'clock, uh, there's actually a team on the ice already. That's right, I guess earlier. And so at seven o'clock, uh, I guess the the coach kind of blows his whistle, right? Mm-hmm. And so all the other little kids, other eight year olds, you know, go onto the ice and kind of just do their thing. Now, I didn't realize there was something I probably needed to do prior to that first day of practice uh, because I'm not a hockey guy. I'm not a hockey dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, in hindsight, I think it would have been wise for me to take him to the ice rink prior to the first practice because as the other kid, eight-year-old kids get on the ice, they just like, boom, and they're gone. <laughs> I mean, they just they must have been skating since they were three or yep. four. And right out of the womb. Right out of the womb, right? My son, who had never been on the ice before... What do you think happens? Gets out there and he's holding on to the side or he's falling. Oh, he falls. Falls, yeah. Within one, two step falls. Mm-hmm. On his, right on his behind, right? Now he's got gear on and he gets back up. He falls back down. And he gets back up. Mm. And he falls back oh, down. That's good. And I I do have to admit, I get a little nervous and panicked. I go parent mode. Because I had seen him be so successful. You know, you've seen, you know when your kid's doing well in a particular sport. I mean, you've noticed a lot about Aiden and golf, and you can mm-hmm. just tell there's a certain piece that he's good, so that can be helpful for his confidence. Alex was good at you know throwing a football. He was good at baseball, good at basketball, soccer. Mm-hmm. The kid even can throw strikes bowling, right? Mm. How hard could hockey be, right? Well, on ice, it's really hard. So he gets down. The rest of the team is over there with the coach. He's kind of meandering off somewhere in the middle of the, uh, the rink on his own, trying to figure out how to stand up. Eventually, a coach comes over, but he falls down. So I call my wife. Uh, I'm like, sweetheart. She's like, what, I'm, what are you waking me up for? I said, no, no, no. It's killing me. What's wrong? Oh, he goes, goes down again. Oh, he's going down again. <laughs> Sweetheart's terrible. The kid's going to come off the ice crying. I don't know what I'm going to do. He wants so badly to be a hockey Oh, he's down again. Sweetheart, oh, he's gone down again. This kid, what am I going to do? This, I, I feel so badly that he, he can't skate. Hmm. If he can't skate, you can't play, play, hockey. play hockey. So I'm like, all right, sweetheart, I got to go. I got to go, right? So I hang up and I watch him. And any minute I'm at, I'm waiting for him to come off and say, Dad, please, I'm so sorry. And amazing enough, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, he finishes the practice. Now, meanwhile, all the other players on the team are all they're doing whatever hockey thing is. Yep. He is barely standing up, right? So at the end of practice, the coach blows a whistle, right? And I'm going to go down and catch Alex because I'm really sad for him because he had a miserable experience. And your coach, Randy. And I, oh, I wasn't even, wasn't even really Coach Randy then. I was just dad. I mean, uh-huh. I coached I coach baseball, but that, I mean, that was like eight-year-old, you know, coach pitch stuff. So yeah. I wasn't really in my prime into what I do now. And the fact that my heart was breaking for a kid who so badly wanted to play hockey and couldn't even stand on the ice. Hmm. And so he does. This time he comes off the boards, right? He, he's coming off the ice, holding on the inching boards. Away, inching right? away, Inching side away. Side by side. Side by side, right? And other kids just skating off, <laughs> right? And I'm going to catch him, right? 
I want to catch him and say, it's okay, Alex, don't worry about it. You're not going to be a hockey man. That's okay. You'll be a baseball man, a soccer man. It's right. I'm just so proud of you for doing what you did, right? And so one thing I learned about kids who play hockey is they sweat. And it's an exorbitant amount of sweat. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter where or how. Uh, I learned that that season. But he... He comes off the ice, and I'm going to catch him and say, Alex, I'm so proud of you. You're such a great kid. I'm so sorry I didn't work out, but I love you, right? And he comes off the ice, and I help him take off his mask, right? Sweat literally glistening his face. And before I get a word edgeways, he goes, Dad, today was the greatest day of my life. I played hockey. Right? <laughs> and I looked down at him, and I went, yeah, you did. I'm so proud of you, my little hockey man, right? Go back? Yeah. Amazing enough, you know, he's, we, we finished the season. Uh, he did it for one season, which was enough for me. Uh, but in that moment, I was like, imagine if I had said something to him over what I saw as some kind of mm-hmm. element or failure of disappointment, right? I'd be, oh, are you okay? He'd have been like, what? what's wrong, right? As opposed to, today was the greatest day of my life. Now, mind you, I was a baseball guy, and we had just finished playing baseball, and hockey was the greatest day of my life. It was a little bit uh, of a jag to the heart. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, he taught me a valuable life lesson. That it's not what I see in terms of what I perceive in terms of his life experience and his experience in the games. It's how he saw it. That's a very good point. And as far as he was concerned, he had the greatest day of his life. And uh, it was one of those moments. Tried something new. Got out of the hockey gear. (laughs) Sweated like an animal. Right. Uh, Good thing is he chose not to continue. I'm not sure why he chose not to continue. Yeah. Uh, we Didn't st- want to wake up at 6 maybe. in the morning to be there at we, 7. We stuck with uh, with soccer, basketball, and, and baseball for a long time. But as you're talking hockey, it's one of my special stories. And so when I tell this with a bunch of parents, you know, I kind of... Yeah. I actually schmaltz it as a Hebrew word, right? Mm-hmm. A Yiddish word, right? I can embellish a little bit to the point to where uh, people are literally laughing because, you know, I played today was the greatest day of my life. You know, and your parents, apparently, you're like, I don't know if you were playing hockey there, kid, but yeah, you look great, right? And you realize... What that means to a kid and how their perspective is. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, you know what, this hockey thing, not for you. Let's go home and play a little full contact Connect Four. <laughs> we know how to play that game. Yes. Yeah, so was... Our guest, Steve Jacobs, is next. And we're Bad to the Dead. This is Bad to the Dad, the podcast celebrating suburban dad life with Coach Randy and Adam D. Hey, check us out on social media, especially Instagram, my favorite of all of the social media. We are at Bad to the Dad. Check out all the hijinks and photos from all of our recording sessions. And visit us on our website, badtothedad.com. We do have a merchandise section. We actually have a new product now. It is the Bad to the Dad keychain, which all of our guests receive. Uh, Starting with today's guest, Steve Jacobs. 12 in. It's not just a keychain where you can put your keys on it. It also opens bottles. Bottles. Go figure. That's such a dad thing to have, right? Who can use that purpose bottle opener on your keychain? This like? isn't some stress toy. No. This is, this is a bottle opener. This is what more, dads need. This is what we need to remind us about our days of college and youth. Every kid thought it was the coolest thing to have a keychain with a bottle opener. Bringing us back, and it is emblazoned with the Bad to the Dad logo. <laughs> with very done cool by Berman Branding. Becky Berman of yep. Berman Branding. So yes. I thank... Becky, for that, and we thank uh, the keychain company for getting us this uh, very durable-looking It is. It's durable. I was, I was, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, so we'll uh, talk about how one can go about procuring a 
sturdy bad to the dad keychain a little later on in the program but right now we've got our guest but we digress and let's get back we on do pace. a lot of digressing you know we we talked about being the number one dad we're also the number one digressors Steve Jacobs is Steve. our Hi. guest today, and we brought Steve on because he's involved in a lot of things. At the beginning of the show, Randy, yes. we we're talking about how dads have to find other ways to kind of fill the gap. It's yes. not just about work, and oh. you know, it's not That's just right. about being a parent. About yeah, it's not about different kind of hobbies that we love to do. Yeah, because it, it's it makes life more fulfilling, and Steve does that in buckets. So, Steve, great to have you on the program. Welcome Thank you. to be here. the show. Yes, welcome, brother. Thank Steve. you, Steve. To Brother Steve. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> so, Steve is, is an IT guy. I don't really want to talk about his professional life. That's not why we brought him on. You know, Are you saying cr- something about IT people? I don't know. I'm not saying something about IT people. I think you said you people. Because, no, I didn't say you. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I think Adam just can't relate because he's HR and they yes. think differently. Well, it's yes. funny because, you know, I think everybody should have a, a personal help desk guy. I joke that my kids are my IT department. Yes, yes. But Steve, on many <laughs> an evening yes. when I had to get some very important documents out, he would run over to my house and fix the printer or my network or what have you. So it's good to have a, a personal you IT have an, You have to have an attorney, you yes. have to have accountant, physician. IT guy. Yeah. And plumber. Plumbers are good. Oh, plumbers yeah. are very good. I guess Especially when you get that plumbing bill. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Steve is here, and uh, we can, of course, touch on <laughs> IT later. But, you know, when I think about how multidimensional Steve is, he is into music. He's got the hobby of collecting the old computer gear. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, is is into like the, the Miata, mm-hmm. the Miata fan club. I love that. Mazda Miata. Yeah. He drove up in it, man. It was looking like it was working. How many miles do you have on that bad boy? About 150,000. Oh, wow. Well, and how many of those miles were yours? About 10,000. Oh, so you don't really get it out that much. Um, Maybe. I might be understating it a little, but uh, I've probably put about 10,000 on it since I bought it. So this I is bought your, it about two years ago. This is your weekend ride. Yes. Why Why the Miata? I mean, there's so many other classic cars out there. What is it about the Miata that drew you to it? Um, Well, the Miata came out in 89. Mm-hmm. I was fresh out of high school, just about out of college, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, still working minimum wage schlub jobs. And when the Miata came out, I went with a friend of mine who was looking to test drive a pickup truck. While we were there, I checked it out. I fell in love with it. I decided, I this is that. what I want. It was a nice car. And that night, I was at Kinko's. I don't think they're in business anymore, but I was at Kinko's that night working on my very first ever resume, thinking, okay, now i got to get a real job, get some real money, and get this thing. And then as life worked out, I ended up being responsible. And my first real car was a Saturn (laughs) sedan. Which was inexpensive, reliable, and boring as anything. And you can put a car seat in the back of a Saturn where you can't do that in a Miata because it has no back seat. That's right. It was very practical. And so while everyone else was in college with their nice, fancy, fun cars, I was tooling around in a practical dad mobile. Um, and so you had the foresight. You were actually tunnel visioning your future in a way that was a no, responsibility. No, I was just practical. You know, I went to the dealership to buy the car, and the salesman asked, "Do you want a sedan or a coupe?" And I said, "Look at me. I'm a young kid. You know, I, I want a coupe." Yeah. And the coupe was thirteen thousand plus. And I said, "I thought they started at like eighty five hundred. And he said, "Oh, that's the sedan." I was like, "Oh, well." I want the sedan. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, the price shows my age. Yes. Um, so I never got one. And I always wanted one. I always, never had a convertible, never had leather seats, never had a sunroof. 
this checks all the boxes. You don't need a sunroof because it's a convertible. Um, and I always wanted one. And then a couple of years ago, I started thinking, you know, I'm at a place where I maybe I can get a toy car for the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so I started checking prices and, you know, it's a reasonable price. It's a very economical car. It's very inexpensive to fix, inexpensive to drive. It's reasonably good gas mileage. Basically, it's a little economy car with a neat body, you know. Yeah. And I noticed you're wearing, for those who don't see it, you got a Miata's... At the Gap. At the Gap. And we're not talking about Gap the store, where no. people who drive Miata just hang out at the mall. Yes. Miata's at the Gap, this is an event, right? This is a road rally of some sort? Yes. It's an annual meet where people with Miata's from all over the country, primarily East Coast, but, you know, they could come from anywhere, will drive to a section of highway in, like, near the Tennessee-North Carolina state line. And it's a state highway. It's very, very windy. It's got something like 348 curves and 11 miles or something like that. Ooh, that'd be a ride. Um, and, and Miata, too. It's like a, and, it's a small car. And it, it's, a, it's a mecca for people with sporty cars and motorcycles. And so, you know, one weekend will be everyone with their minis. Another weekend will be people with Mustangs or Porsches, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so every year, the first week of August, um, all of the Miatas convene on this area now are you part of like a uh, a database or some kind of facebook group i mean how does how does one get involved yes, there, there is invited? a facebook group there's the new jersey miatas facebook group um i imagine there are a million of them there's a reddit group for miatas is there an app for that i don't think so all right Do you have meetings? i'm not aware is there is there like no. a committee no a treasurer other areas <laughs> other areas have clubs with like memberships and dues and functions and I'm surprised because I would think New Jersey has more people than pretty much anywhere except New York or Tokyo. But um, in the New Jersey area, I think the nearest club, the actual club with bylaws and officials, would be Delaware or Pennsylvania. In, in the New Jersey area, there no doesn't bylaws. seem to be... No right, bylaws. It's just an informal... You know, there's one guy, nice guy, who runs... Um, he kind of administers the Facebook page, mm -hmm. and a couple of times a year, he organizes meetups where everyone gathers and meets, and sometimes you might buy or sell or trade parts or accessories, and then after everybody meets, everybody caravans down to a burrito shop down by the shore, and What a great it. name of a song. The Burrito Store Down by the Shore. It should either be a Jimmy Buffett or Paul Simon. <laughs> Absolutely. Tune. I, I can just see it now. The, burrito the, down, the lyrics just flying off the page. Burrito well, down by the down store. By the Julio store. would go there yes. from the school. Maybe you have a sequel. <laughs> the burrito store down by the shore. So let, let's mentally put ourselves in the Miata while this road rally is going on. All right. So what are we experiencing? We already know how the Miata Do you guys feels. have leather jackets? No, it's not. It's not Harley Davidson. Right? No, I'm just trying to get a fish. I mean, are, are you guys wearing like like ball caps? I mean, is what's the attire? Uh, I would show up like this, just okay. jeans and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. I guess you know, younger guys sometimes wear shorts. I'm a passenger. You're driving. Uh huh. Uh, what am I experiencing on this road rally? Um, it's a very windy road. You've got on the left side of the road. Well, depending which direction you're going, but on one side of the road, you've got a very sheer, steep rock mountainside. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the road, you've got a very steep, sheer drop-off with a river underneath. <laughs> and there's no shoulder. Basically, when you go to this area, you know, all of the different groups that go there, they, you know, they advise the people that are visiting, basically, drive responsibly. Don't drive like a jackass. Don't be you know, it's a very... Don't be a dick. <laughs> right. It's a very, very solid, important rule. You never cross the center line. Yep. It's really gorgeous. And they have a lot of roads like that in the area. It's all in the mountains. Now, are you by yourself? 
driving, or is your family with you? I mean, this is a well, it's bed, a yacht, so you can't bring a whole family. So you can't bring a family. Um, last year, I went with a friend of mine. You yes. guys know him, yeah, John, Jonathan, yeah. Um, and we'll be going again this year. So we talked about driving, and I, I look to you when I need advice on the road trip. A few years ago, I had a job that allowed me to do my work from anywhere that had an internet connection. So that gave us the luxury of one summer, we took a cross-country road trip, and we were on the road for five weeks. Wow. wow. And in those five weeks, I think I ended up taking 12 vacation days. Um, but we would go places, then during business hours, I would work from a coffee shop or a bar or a hotel room, and you know the family would go do touristy things. And then in the evenings, I would meet up with them, and we'd go do more touristy things together. And it was it was spectacular. If anybody listening has the opportunity, I highly recommend it. It was one of the greatest experiences I've ever done. That sounds huh. so cool. Where did um, you go? So we left New Jersey. We went, you know, the high-level overview, we just went straight west all the way to the western end of Montana. Then we went straight south down to Vegas, and then we came back northeast diagonally Vegas, across man. the country to get Love back Vegas. home. Um, yeah. On the way, we stopped at um, my sister-in-law's family. We stopped with them for a little while in Chicago. We stopped in South Dakota and saw Crazy Horse in Mount Rushmore. Hmm. We uh, saw some friends in Missoula, Montana. We saw some friends in Vegas. We saw uh, Hoover Dam, which was one of the best things yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vegas. You said Vegas three times. You like Vegas? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. My friend there, I like my friend. I like his house. It's very nice. I don't like Vegas. Um, I loved Hoover Dam, though. Yes. South Dakota especially impressed me because before we went on the trip, everybody in the family said, you know, well, while we're on the trip, I want to go to this spot. You know, we all picked a thing we wanted to see, and everyone else would agree to go and yeah. see it. And my son wanted to see Mount Rushmore. And I was thinking, Mount Rushmore, okay, we'll see it, but... You know, you're going to look at it after five minutes. You've seen it. You're done. Let's move on. <laughs> like, like Griswold with the, uh, with the Grand Canyon, Chase, right? right? Hey, you want to see the, the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's, okay. Go. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Of course, he already stole the money out of yes. the <laughs> tail in the hotel. But, uh, but then, you know, I wanted to stay at Mount Rushmore all day. And I typically like things that plug in and do stuff. I like mechanical things, electronic things. You know, things that are just pretty to look at, like art or clothes or fashion, you know, or nature, never had any interest in that. Mm. But driving through the state forests in uh, uh, North and South Dakota blew me away. I could have spent weeks in South Dakota. It was huh. gorgeous. So that's that's kind of like, a, like a, almost like a Jacob's time on wheels. You know, you just kind of just go and for five yep. weeks. Um, but I, so how's a car handle? I, I'd have to... Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How much longer, Dad? How much longer, Dad? Or, I mean, how do you... That doesn't happen as much anymore because everybody's got their distractions. Everybody's got their phones yeah, their and their iPads and yeah. their games and, you know, everyone's in their own world. I kind of miss that. You know, when I was a kid and even as a teenager, you'd go on a family road trip and everyone was listening to the same music. Sometimes I'd listen to a Walkman, was, but my mom would fuss at me and say, Dad's choice. Turn that off, right? you know? Whoever, whoever's driving car... Right, but now everybody's listening to their own thing. Everybody's looking at their own thing. Nobody's looking at, out the windows. You know, yeah. What a great idea for a family. I can tell you, I love the idea. I would love just to just hop. I, I often joke that I want to sell a house and just buy an RV. Yeah. 
and then just drive it. My wife Michelle wants to do the same. When we retire, she <laughs> just wants to <laughs> hop in the RV and just keep <laughs> driving around. We had the conversations that you would stay here with Jess, and Michelle yes. and I would do what you want to do because that no. sounds like so much fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> wherever you, are, wherever you yeah. go, there you are. But you're see, home. The thing is, I want to take the RV and still stay in hotels, which kind of defeats <laughs> right. the purpose. So right. one thing you know we talk about is being bad to the dad and being dads, uh, and you're with your kids. What's it like uh, in that kind of experience? And you know, do they share your passion for some of your hobbies and this kind of stuff? And is that, is that going to be passed on from you to them? Um, well, Nate likes video games. I like video games. And Nate's senior in high school, about to go to college next That's right. year. Okay, That's so right. it's going to give people some per- yeah. perspective yep. on where he is in life. Yeah, and Marin has sort of inherited my love of music. Okay. So, you know, when I was a kid, I would lie on my stomach in bed singing along with an album, yeah. you know, the, uh-huh. reading the lyrics liner off the album notes, sheet. Right, yeah, That's notes. right. Yeah. Um, and, and Marin is an eighth grader going into yes. and now, high school next you know, year. Last night, she was sitting in her bed when we came home laptop on her lap, you know, watching YouTube videos and singing along. So That's kind of neat. Same sort of thing. Well, that's what we did with Walkmans, right? That's we right. kind of had our, our own zone. We put the headphones uh-huh. on and a world around us did not exist. It was whatever right. song was, was playing at the moment. When my son was first beginning to play video games, I didn't want him to, you know, have violent video games. I didn't want first-person shooters. You know, I always had the thought of Columbine going through my head. I didn't want to be the guy whose son goes and shoots up a bunch of people. Um, And when I was growing up, I didn't have guns in the house. You know, my mom brought home a Pong system with one of those light guns where you play skeet. Yes. (laughs) And I don't even remember what the gun looked like because the moment the box was opened, she took the gun away and we were never allowed to use it. (laughs) And I never saw it again. Yeah. You know, I wasn't allowed to have tap guns. I wasn't allowed to have red plastic water guns. I grew up in an environment like that, too. So, I'm very, very anti-gun. Yes. So, when my son started playing video games, I wouldn't let him have games like that in the house. Now, I've never played games like that, so I don't know the difference. I don't know what Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, Battlefront. I don't know the difference between any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I came up with what I thought was a really great rule. I said, he's not allowed to... Play those games in our house. I did not say he couldn't play them at a friend's Friends house, house because I figured, number one, if he goes to a friend's house and plays them, but he can't play them in our house, he won't play them too much. Yeah. It, it automatically limits it to a moderate amount, and moderation in everything, I think, is always best. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if he goes to the friend's house and I said he's not allowed to play it at all, either he's going to say, oh, I can't do that, you know, my dad won't let me, and his friends will make fun of him, and, you know, he'll be that kid. And I didn't really expect that to happen at all, but if it did, if he said, I'm not allowed to play it, you know, I didn't want him to be that kid that gets teased. Mm-hmm. Um, or, more likely, he would do it and lie to me, and I didn't want to encourage that either. So I basically said, you can't play it in our house. Now, eventually, once he was like 16 or so, probably, maybe 15, I don't know, but at some point, that got loosened also, so he plays it at home, and... You know, for all that I think I'm a lousy dad, he's turned out to be a really good kid. So, so is this is this your dad vice? Yes, yeah, everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah, or? your dad uh, vice, dad vice. Absolutely, yeah. everything yeah. in moderation. Yeah. What What are some of the things you do like to do with your kids, other than shove them in a minivan and drive for <laughs> weeks on end? What What are some of the things you do like on a on a regular weekend, or you know, when there's time off? I don't think we have a regular thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, I enjoy going and doing things with them. You know, a couple of years ago, I took 
my son and daughter to a Saints game up in Buffalo. Yeah, and you're, I forgot, you're, you're from New Orleans. You're a Saints guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I had a great time. We went to the Buffalo game. I felt sorry for the Buffalo fans. Enjoy going to the Marvel superhero movies with my son. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the daddy-daughter dances that the Girl Scouts do with my daughter. So, yeah. Very nice. All, all good stuff. So you're yeah. a better dad than you give yourself oh, credit come for. On. You're bad to the dad. I must be. You are so, bad to the dead. And yeah. we are going to give you a keychain. We have a keychain <laughs> to prove it. Well, thank you. It is a very cool keychain. We have a yes. keychain to prove it. You're actually the first recipient because it took forever for these things to get <laughs> on the tanker from China to right. get here with the with the logo Excellent. printed properly without yeah. spelling. And I errors. keep saying it's a beautiful logo. I really like it. Thanks again, Bourbon Branding. That's right. Steve Jacobs was Steve. our guest today. Thank you so much for Thanks sharing for all us. your stories. It was a pleasure. And all your unique hobbies with us. It's been great. We are Bad to the Dad. Find us wherever you download podcasts. Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Again, we are celebrating the suburban dad life. Social media, Instagram, it's at bad to the dad, Facebook forward slash bad to the dad, and of course our website. Check out our pictures and upcoming guests. We have a calendar now so you can see all the subjects and all the guests that will be on in future shows. We got a new, a new guest coming next week. We have Harris Nidick. Harris Nidick, financial guru. A lot of financial brain power, which uh, reminds me, uh, remember this is uh, tax week. Tax week. Monday Taxes is are tax due. day. Oh my gosh. Get it in. I spent like the entire day yesterday. Oh. Yeah. I was like, I have, a, I have a rule in the house. I go downstairs, do not interrupt me. If I don't come up after 10 hours, send in the troops because I'm not coming back. <laughs> I literally have two or three fingers of bourbon just going through it, and uh, I got it done. Uh, Actually, not as bad. It's a Uh, brain scramble, uh, beginning with the new tax laws. Oh, my god! You really have to be mindful. And here in New Jersey, we get, you know... We do. We do. It's not It's not easy to make a living and keep your money We were here. talking about that, how much... So, my wife and I make... Uh, uh, we have. We make a very good living, right? We, we, we make a living very well. When you were in high school, you said, if I make this amount of money... I'll be, I'll be, I'll be successful. Like we'll have such a beautiful life. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't anymore. mean squat. Yeah, man. we both do very well, but then we're doing our. Ta- actually, my dad does my taxes. Oh, that's right? your life. He's a yes, CPA. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do we owe? No. How do we after all I've given throughout <laughs> the year? How do I owe? You know. So for me, I didn't owe. I got a little bit. Just which you know, I'd rather just kind of break even because yep. then. Uh, well, that's, that's like it's like going to Vegas. Yeah. Like bringing up Vegas yeah. again. <laughs> if, if you break even, that's winning. Yeah, but, but your dad does it for you. I have to pay, you know, uh, that yeah. piece. But it's, uh, uh, I'm glad it's over. Um, and Harris is a financial analyst, a financial uh, financial guy. He's got a book out he's going to promote. This is it's so important, especially yeah. when it comes to kids, because I think just now yeah. high schools are teaching finally, personal finance. Finally, what does it mean to... Most kids have no idea about a checkbook and opening up accounts. Okay, so we're not talking about investing. We're not talking about securities and bonds. We're just talking about how do you keep your checkbook balance? Yeah. How do you not get into deficit spending yeah. for yourself? Just basic smarts. Of course, you go to college campuses. Mm-hmm. They leave with debt because of credit cards, and it's yeah. so easy to. you know. But the theme of next week is mm-hmm. 
the bank of dad. <laughs> the bank of D-A-D. Not yeah. A-T-M, the, D-A-D. The bank of dad. Yes. <laughs> so so that should be a lot of fun. Of course, we want to thank our guest today. That was Steve Jacobs. That was nice. I, I, uh, Miata, who who would have thunk? I, and a whole big rally down at... Community uh, of <laughs> Miata drivers? I guess there's got to be community for everybody. <laughs> and this idea of a five-week tour. Uh, man, I would love to do that. I mean, that... <laughs> Imagine if we take the podcast on the road. Just do an RV. I love the idea of the RV. I just, just do the bad of the dad on the road. Man goes on the road. How about a big sticker on a minivan and just go town to we'll town and we get dad. some money to do that. All right, we, all could, right. we could do it. And just be random dads all over the place. I'll start writing the ideas down on a napkin. You know what's really funny is he kind of he kind of came to me. He's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad dad, whatever. And I think as he began talking more about it, and I think most of us think that you know we it's hard being dads. Uh, that's what we talk about being bad to the dad is that he's like, no, I'm actually kind of a good dad. I'm like, yeah, yeah don't sell yourself short. Being a dad is not easy. And everyone has their own style. Everyone yep. has their own brand that fits yep. them and their family. And Steve does a really good job of that. We are bad to the dad. Dad, thanks and have a great week. 